Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of the VC Bruno podcast a podcast that provides a unique perspective of the startup world through the lens of venture capitalists and entrepreneurs I'm your host Dijay and today I have with me Mihir Gupta co-founder and CEO at Teachment an edtech infrastructure startup that helps teachers and institutes create their own virtual classrooms and build direct relationships with students The startup that is backed by marquee investors like Learn Capital, Rocketship VC, Better Capital, Lightspeed India, Vulcan Capital among others has scaled up rapidly in the past 2 years to become one of the largest teaching platforms in the world. In this episode, Mihir talks about his path leading up to Teachment, surviving the 0 to 1 phase as first-time founders, building a foundation to scale up rapidly and how to sustain momentum after scaling up. Teachment's approach to attracting and retaining quality talent, benefits and challenges of pursuing inorganic growth, finding a balance between core venture building and fundraising, aligning fundraising strategy with market dynamics, and optimizing for conviction and speed of decision making when choosing your investors. I absolutely enjoyed my chat with Mihir and would highly recommend any first-time founder to listen to this episode which is full of valuable insights on all things venture building and fundraising. So without much ado, Let's jump in and find out what Mihir has to share. Hey Mihir, welcome to the VC Pruna podcast. Excited to have you with us today. Thank you so much for taking out the time. No, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot Dikjay for for having me on the show and uh, congratulations on all the success with VC Pruna. Uh, you are you're doing a a great service uh, to the startup ecosystem uh, with this podcast and great to see this. absolutely no thanks mihir and uh, you know it's it's our privilege to uh, get guys like you on the show and uh, it's not possible without you know uh, the kindness and graciousness that you guys show up so definitely kudos to you know all the guests like yourself who been kind enough to share and give back to the ecosystem by sharing your learnings right so you know for for our listeners who don't know you yet maybe we can start with a brief background about yourself tell us about your path leading up to teachment and how did you know the four co-founders come together and think of the idea sure sure dikhe um so so i was born and brought up in bhopal that's my hometown did my entire schooling there payoj who is also a co-founder at teachment uh, was a school friend of mine so we go back uh, 17 18 years that's how we first met so right out of uh, right after schooling uh, went to iit bombay did my engineering from there 2010 to 2015 did a dual degree from there most of my time at campus was spent in a lot of uh, uh, student technical activities so bringing together students doing projects primarily around robotics around 4 years of my time there went into building uh, robotics submarines or autonomous underwater vehicles the way uh, we call them and we used to take these submarines every year to a competition in the at a us naval facility so that is that is how i met uh, my second co-founder anshuman so anshuman used to uh, lead software for us back then and eventually led the team as well as i left campus so this is this is one of the cool things that comes about in introductions of starting up a a team that that used to build robotic submarines and in some form a lot of startups actually uh, came out of that team that we started back there so at least four to five different startups at different stages in india are running out of of alumni uh, that came out of this robotic team that we uh, started few years back so yeah that's how uh, i spent the four five years back at campus and uh, then right out of college uh, started my career with mckenzy worked with them as an operations consultant primarily in southeast asia uh, and a bit in india 
and and worked majorly around supply chain management transportation warehousing this is this is where i met divyansh uh, and that completes the four co-founding uh, four co-founders team uh, here at teachment so divyansh and i were part of the same team at mckinsey and we did quite a few studies together although divyansh also comes from iit bombay but we never got the chance to meet there so i spent roughly 3 and a half years there post that took a break and decided to start working for startups so was part of uh, oyo's expansion journey again in southeast asia led uh, revenue for them in malaysia and uh, 2019 is when i decided to move back to bangalore the idea was to start working with uh, with the early stage startup ecosystem the move to bangalore uh, ended up working with open financial or bank open they are a new bank in the sme space and i was leading their lending and wealth businesses till we started uh, teachment in in mid 2020 so that has roughly been my journey so far and uh, just to kind of elaborate on on what we are doing here at teachment so what we are really solving for is digital infrastructure for education and what that means is uh, is that we are powering teaching and learning digitization across the entire spectrum of education delivery uh, what i mean by that is uh, as of today catering to individual teachers educators freelance creators entire stateable schools colleges that are being powered by teachments platform and uh, and even uh, edtech players uh, where multiple global edtech players are running their technology stack on top of teachment so largely what we started with was this understanding of a white space when it comes to infrastructure for teaching and learning and that's how teachment came about to be interesting uh, story on on how how we really started with teachment uh, when we first did so the team that i mentioned uh, payoj divyansh and shuman and i we have known each other for many many years and uh, uh, payoj is someone who comes from a from an education industry background he has been running his family's uh, cbsc school in a remote place in mp for the past 10 12 years in parallel he he was someone who was super passionate about bringing grassroots change to how education is delivered in india and globally so we started brainstorming on uh, on ideas around uh, education uh, a few years back in 2020 interestingly payoj uh, this was early 2020 around the time of february march uh, payoj came to us and mentioned how practically every teacher in his school was uh, was struggling to teach online and uh, this is when we reached out to our own network of teachers we realized that irrespective of say the teachers backgrounds irrespective of what they are teaching it was essentially very difficult to teach online on on really digging deeper we realized that there had been very little uh, product innovation when it comes to teaching tools and teaching solutions so the first idea behind teachment was really building a universal and horizontal teaching application that simply any teacher can download on board their students and start teaching online in a matter of few minutes so the first mvp that we created was in fact an apk of an android app we were not listed on play store or app store at that point of time we had created an apk that uh, that anchman turned around and uh, we gave it to a few teachers who we knew what this apk enabled these teachers to do was install it on their phone create classrooms and then onboard their students and take live classes and give basic homeworks uh, basic chat functionality etc and uh, what we realized was that after we gave this apk to a few teachers uh, uh, in a week or so 
we notice a lot of users on our on our data and uh, interestingly this apk had gone viral among teacher communities uh, on different platforms this apk was circulating on whatsapp groups with with teachers sharing with each other so that's when we really realized that uh, this is a real problem that we are solving and uh, started looking at it from a much more first principle perspective and ultimately landed where we are today very interesting journey you know also about how the co-founders came together and uh, you spoke about you know the apk going viral i think that's a classic you know example of having a pull product where the market is pulling it that was a sign where you thought you know this this could be something big and it's less than 2 years since the company has been operational i want to talk a lot about you know how much you guys have scaled uh, but before that you know meher if you can talk about the 0 to 1 phase and you know like you said all first time founders coming together you know with their own different set of experiences uh, getting your vision aligned getting the values and the way you want to build the company uh, all of those things aligned so if you could throw some light on that 0 to 1 phase and uh, tell us about that experience sure 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 i think overall it has been an amazing experience looking back all four of us like you said uh, were were largely first time founders and what we had realized uh, since the team got formed so the startup is roughly one and a half year old but the team has been there for a few years right it has it has been that team where you you catch up over the weekend brainstorm on different ideas and then uh, come up with crazy timeline crazy milestones and how do you execute it etc so the team has always been there and this has been a team uh, which brings together complementary skill sets bioj is a product person he's someone who's really close to the industry who has seen education from close um anshuman takes care of engineering uh, and tech someone who is super passionate about building top software systems at scale uh, divyansh is a growth person so he has he has worked in growth and ops uh, across different late and early stage startups so this team really brought together all these complementary skill sets and just that uh, distribution of of responsibilities at that early stage eases some of the some of the heavy lifting so as to say if i if i look back at it and uh, fortunately we all all had that strong uh, bond and trust between each other to distribute these uh, these key verticals within the organization and and let the other person execute them fully so i think overall uh, uh, have learned a lot in this early experience and the philosophy that we followed was that ultimately if you if you need to learn swimming uh, then just jump in the water right so we took that leap and jumped in the water so so that has been uh, uh, largely the experience about uh, uh, just learning continuously learning on the go no i think that's definitely the case when when you don't have prior founder experience and just to imagine the scale that teachment has achieved in the last one and a half years uh, you know it's phenomenal and and to call out some stats and you know these might be dated numbers that i'm looking at you know because at the pace that you're already growing uh, you've already catered to more than you know 10 million users 4000 educational institutes and across 5000 you know indian cities and towns um, and all of this in less than a year and a half uh, and you made an important point right when you don't know swimming you just jump into the water and try to figure it out uh, while you were doing that you know at the time uh, now when you look back what do you think were the critical uh, you know aspects of company building uh, that you got right you know which helped you achieve the scale uh, so i think uh, uh, one of the important aspect uh, that has really been close to us as we built teachment 
is is this understanding that it's very difficult to get things right in the first go so it's very rare that uh, that you try something and and you get it right first first iteration of the first go so just being cognizant about uh, about this concept has been uh, has been core to how we build teachment so there is this constant culture of experimentation that is being promoted in the organization so everything that we do any new feature new product new offering goes to continuous experimentations and iteration so so this is something that we we have tried institutionalizing in in how we are creating teachment i think apart from that just uh, in the early stages bringing together like minded people has also been quite core to to creating the organization and what i mean by like minded people uh, includes both let's say the early team members uh, the investors the company just people who believe in the mission that we are building so a conscious effort in bringing together these individuals who who are also motivated the same way towards the mission that we are creating and then apart from that uh, if i look back at other elements that we did initially uh, what was also core to or very close to how we think is uh, really promoting a culture of ownership every every team member in teachment uh, gets meaningful ownership or meaningful stocks esops when they join the organization and not just ownership i think uh, what we did quite early even before we were a funded startup or a funded company was the four of us sat together and wrote down what are the core values uh, that we want to build in the organization of whatever we are trying to create irrespective of the scale that it achieves right what's the what's the meaningful outcome for an organization that we want to build and that really resulted in us writing down core values that are driving uh, each and every aspect of how things are getting executed so things like uh, focus on on customer experience just respecting each and every one in the uh, in the system being an owner in the organization and uh, for example just bettering ourselves each and every day and uh, and even our appraisals are centered around these values and these themes so so this is something that we did very early and has given a direction in how things are done on a day to day basis no i think that's absolutely wonderful to hear and uh, also guiding path for you know early stage founders even if they are early in their journey some of these foundational aspects that you mentioned can serve as a guiding light as you scale and grow your company so meer once once you are at this stage that you are today now right the numbers we've already spoken about that uh, what are you focusing on now uh, you know what are some critical processes that you think you need to get right to be able to carry this momentum you know and position yourself for hyperscale from here on right so so dikja i think we as an organization we continue to solve for two key aspects one is how do we add value towards our users and our customers and the second is uh, how do we take this value to more and more users now as we scale across all these metrics as we scale in terms of our reach uh, in terms of the depth of product offering uh, it also comes uh, along with a scale up in the organization and that brings about a need for systems processes and and that is something that is a focus area for us in just investing more and more on the people we are a team that really believes that the biggest moat that any startup or any organization can have are its people and uh, just investing in in developing people in bringing in systems and processes so that uh, everyone is motivated towards building for that larger outcome that remains a key focus as we scale as an organization altogether and other specific verticals where you think you know now they become of more importance than they were you know at the 0 to 1 or the 1 to 10 stage no definitely i think uh, as you scale there are 
a lot of functions that you cannot continue to own uh, as as a founder uh, right so when when you're in the early stages you are taking care of practically everything uh, and that includes all the support functions let's say just managing the office administration the finance vertical the hr vertical the legal aspects uh, you you take on all of these verticals and and try to work around so that so that things keep on running but as you scale uh, the importance of these functions really becomes more and more so if i if i talk about uh, let's say just the people function altogether right just managing a large org uh, a healthy org uh, where there is continuous talent management talent acquisition retention it is it is a big task in itself right uh, something that actually requires a, a co-founder mindset a leader who is who is uh, leading this organization so just investing in people processes and functions uh, becomes so much more important and similarly other support functions legal comp- appliances these are things that start increasing in complexity uh, as you scale as a business so just getting them right at the right point of time is very important and i think just that stage when you are scaling from let's say a series a to a series b and beyond startup it's uh, we are realizing it's very important to get these right in a systematic manner so bringing in specialists you know for each of these functions that you mentioned uh, becomes critical and i think these are these are all functions where where ultimately experience counts you need uh, experienced leaders and individuals to come in and lead these verticals no absolutely agreed and you know you spoke about hiring and uh, talent management and and we all know you know in the ecosystem today it's it's been difficult to get uh, the right kind of talent uh, because talent is in demand and there are a lot of many startups that are you know vying for that limited pool of talent that we have so at teachment you know what are you Uh, focusing on or what is the you know message to potential candidates and you know what do you think is attracting people who are joining teachment to join the startup today sure sure yeah i think i think right, rightly said like the last year or so has been quite tricky uh, when it comes to hiring and this has been across across functions right and i think initially it started with uh, engineering hiring then it trickled down to product and then all across functions uh, lately and but but what we have seen is that uh, uh, i think at the earliest stages a lot of this hiring is is very very targeted uh, and driven largely by the by the core team so if if i look at our uh, our initial hires most of these were uh, were individuals from from our own network our extended network people that we have worked with in the past people uh, with which we have a working relationship who who were relating to the mission and were able to join the organization but as you as you scale that talent acquisition aspect uh, becomes more of a demand supply equation as well so i think we have taken a number of approaches across different aspects of talent management so as to say to tackle with this uh, as a team and and just to highlight teachment is a core tech and product company in essence so what we build is is just the core infrastructure for for education and that involves investing heavily in technologies like life class technology itself uh, classroom technology assessments homeworks these are all core services and core elements that are built within the organization so on engineering specifically what we did was we started investing in grooming talent and creating talent rather than looking out for talent uh, whenever a need comes in right so when we just started we we had hired a bunch of freshers right out of college uh, and the kind of outcome or output that they have given is is just tremendous the way they were able to pick up skills the way they were able to scale up themselves uh, some of them are tech leaders within the organization now even as we as we start hiring from from more 
brand new talent pool. We also uh, kind of productize the way uh, we hire through referrals, for example. Every employee or every team member at Teachment has a unique URL associated with them. Now that URL is something that can be circulated on their social media, on their LinkedIn, and everyone in their network can come in through that URL, uh, look at what are the open positions. And just that entire aspect of referral management has been gamified, productized. So, so that is that is another thing that has led to a significant chunk of our core talent coming from referrals then rather than we being dependent upon hiring agencies or for sourcing a lot of this talent pool. And then lastly, just communicating this aspect of ownership in, an, uh, in a growing organization and translating that into, into meaning through ESOPs that are structured very well as also something that, is, that has really helped us. So a number of things that we have done on the talent front, we have also done small all uh, acquisitions or acquihires in some sense that has helped attract uh, the right kind of talent with the right product expertise uh, that we are looking at and happy to talk about the learnings from that as well if that is of interest yeah no absolutely and that's that's where i was getting to you know next and you've already made three acquisitions uh, over the last three four months and especially for an early stage startup you know we already spoke about the pace uh, with which you're growing it's still difficult to get that inorganic growth to align with what you're already building and getting all these different boats to, you know, move along with you in the same direction, in the same momentum. So if you could talk about, you know, what are the benefits that, you know, one is of course talent that you mentioned that came with pursuing this kind of inorganic growth and what are some challenges which, you know, you have to be very cognizant about and you have to solve, you know, to uh, get the most synergies out of these acquisitions. Sure, sure. So, so over the last uh, over the last few months, we have been fortunate to to partner with founders and their teams uh, who have joined the joined the organization and joined hands with our mission. I think if I look back and uh, try to put a structure around it, I think acquisitions should be done with a very specific objective or a very specific framework in mind. In our case, if I look at the prioritization metrics on the way we have looked at these partnerships. I think number one comes people uh, are the founders are the team really aligned with the mission that we are building. Uh, is there a significant cultural fit that we see as they join the organization, right? That's number one. The second comes product synergies, right? Is there already a relevant product or at least that product depth and expertise that, that add on adds on to what we are building here at Teachment. And uh, then lastly, metrics like uh, revenue, growth and other aspects, right? Which are more business metrics to look at. So for us, this is the way we look at, right? Number one, people, number two, product, and then number three, all other metrics. And this is the lens with which we have done all the partnerships so far. So if I look at some of the announcements that we have made, like Teachmore is one team that we partnered with where the founders Deep and Harshal, they had been really passionately building towards teacher uh, solutions, educator solutions. So there was a very large overlap in the mission that they were working towards. And there was also a complementary product that was being looked at at the table, right? So what they do is they provide course selling offering while if you look at teachment, classroom digitization. So the intersection of these two made a lot of sense for all the teachers on our platform. So that's how we we came about Teachmore. So this was in fact a conversation that, that happened uh, through Praveen Jadav or PJ of Xpatium um, and uh, 
he he's someone who has been connected with us he was having a conversation with teachmore founders for a potential investment opportunity and uh, he mentioned to them that this there is just so much overlap that it makes sense for you to have chat with the teachment founders so that's how this conversation came about and as you speak with the founders you realize that uh, there is an instant cultural fit a team fit that opens up all kinds of possibilities similarly we acquired a company called airlearn where a small team was uh, working towards building uh, video technology for classrooms now this is a very niche space where there is a lot of scarcity of talent when it comes to video technology and this is something that we have been focusing a lot internally this is one of our depth areas and it just made instant sense for for them to join hands given our skill and given their expertise just to join hands and build this together for the larger uh, enablement so so that's how these small mnas have really helped us on the talent front uh, have really helped in accelerating the way product development happens if i if i think about challenges then largely this comes with a lot of focus right this requires a lot of focus to get it right in just figuring out if any synergy makes sense once once you have an in principle alignment just running the processes making sure as as the teams join there, there is a smooth transition in the way uh, things have been operating so it does require a good amount of focus to to make sure that uh, these happen in the right way yeah and especially because like fundraising pursuing inorganic growth also takes away a lot of you know the founders bandwidth uh, from actual company building and and that's again another challenge which you know uh, i think where focus comes in but also you need to have that balance between your current product that you're you know managing and trying to build on but also at the same time managing uh, inorganic growth or fundraising for that matter absolutely absolutely it's it's very similar in some sense the the processes are uh, are quite similar in some sense so when you are fundraising uh, you are largely uh, receiving term sheets here you are drafting term sheets and trying to figure out the right structure to make a partnership work so so lots of overlap in the way the processes are run right and just curious to know you know what was the timeline you know that it took from being introduced to those founders to closing the acquisition sure sure broadly i think from the first introduction to the initial few calls you just get on a zoom call if if they are not in the same city you have the initial few conversations just to get a gut sense of whether it makes sense to uh, to take forward this conversation same from their end as well and then if there is a mutual in principle alignment that uh, this might make sense then the teams get together they meet in our case we typically have workshops or joint workshops where we all sit together and try to figure out if there is more value add in us coming together than building two two products and two companies in a separate way i think if it all works out then uh, then typically from this workshop uh, this large handshake to a deal translating would take anywhere from a 30 days to a two month period right depending on on how tightly you are able to run these processes because it's typically the full fledged process uh, very similar to again fundraising where you do uh, legal diligences you do financial diligence do commercial diligence in some cases uh, and uh, and ultimately there is a huge pile of paperwork that comes along with it so so can take anywhere between a one month to a two month period no that's helpful and you know you also describe the process which is insightful uh, for a lot of founders because that's another you know a positive that's come out in the ecosystem over the last couple of years we're seeing a lot of small startups getting acquired a lot of growing startups you know pursuing in organic growth which is you know i think a net net positive for the ecosystem uh, and like you rightly mentioned you know the first time it's it's probably more stressful and you know a learning curve but then once you have once you've gone through that process it becomes you know more like a playbook that you can keep churning out 
and that you know brings me to our uh, discussion on fundraising and we're seeing the gap between consecutive rounds coming down right you you have to manage back to back fundraising round especially when you know the investor sentiment is bullish uh, and also when it it aligns with your vision and the scale that you want to achieve you know with your startup so how are you managing that dynamic after doing your first fundraise how did you decide that you know this is uh, when we'll start looking at the next round and the next round after that sure i think it has it is it is actually quite tricky to strike the right balance between fundraising and company building right so it definitely does suck out a lot of energy from the core company building right that's the trade off uh, that you are looking at and especially at early stages because uh, in the early stages you do not have that larger team support or you would not have a banker who is running this entire process for you it's uh, it's all you founder that is uh, running the entire end to end processes i think it's uh, it's a very conscious call that uh, that needs to be taken on when is that right time to go out and raise funds especially in the market that we have seen for the last one year or so right i would say things are dynamic and still changing uh, in how the market is panning out but in in 2021 it was practically like if a founder is fundraising he can he can just keep on always fundraising right that's the kind of market sentiment out there but but i would say it's very important to prioritize and uh, and filter out conversations it takes some amount of gut sense to really figure out which conversations are the conversations that are have real real value in them you can always fall into that loop of having end to end four to five different conversations with the same set of investor over and over uh, and catering to the West. but what i believe is something called a 30 minute thumb rule check so across all the fundraisers that we have done 30 minutes into the conversation uh, you get that feeling as a founder whether this conversation is clicking or not with the investor and the other end and that really should dictate on how much time you are investing in, in any particular process uh, with any particular investor so yeah i think uh, it's it's something that that needs very active project management at a personal level for a founder to run the process in initial stages yeah and i think it's also nuanced to the market that you're serving in for instance edtech it's been you know very very active both from a fundraising and an mna standpoint uh and especially when you have you know competitors that are coming in might be you know building something which is similar then maybe fundraising is something which needs to be prioritized because uh you know having that capital helps in being able to face that competition and also keep moving and building and scaling uh because again it depends on the market just like we saw in you know ride hailing few years back there could only be two players similarly you know in in uh, food delivery the players that were able to you know optimize and be able to raise and also raise from the right kind of investors who had appetite to back them in you know subsequent rounds i think that uh, turned out to be critical and that turned out to be the factor which you know got them to survive and them to be uh, market leaders today right right and i think i think it's even more nuanced right so one can say that edtech has seen a lot of activity over the past period right but the activity has also been consolidated in certain stages right so you have seen a lot of activity in the really late stages and you have seen a good chunk of activity in the early stages right but you have that growth stage in between from let's say a series a to a series c a series d kind of a stage where again uh, i wouldn't say that the activity has been extraordinary in the kind of uh, transactions that we have seen in the past so it's very nuanced it's very industry specific it's very stage specific specific as well and in many cases geography is specific as well right uh, on on what you are catering absolutely agreed 
And you mentioned a point that the investors that you raise from is also very important, especially at the early stages, you know, and they become your guiding light in many ways to show you direction for your subsequent rounds as well. So what were the learnings from your investors, right? Especially when they are backing companies in the same space. What were the learnings from, you know, investors that were backing other edtech startups? Uh, was there any insight that came out that, you know, you thought you were able to leverage that teachment? Sure. So, so Dikja, in our case, all or the majority of our investors have some exposure to, uh, to edtech investments. So if I look at Learn Capital, they, they are one of the first and the largest uh, edtech focused investor globally, having portfolio in some of the largest education companies across the world. And similarly, if you look at uh, Better Capital, uh, Webho would be holding uh, almost the largest edtech portfolio in the early stage ecosystem. Right. So these are investors who bring in a lot of perspective, both from a geographic as well as a market perspective, right? On how different geographies are panning out and how different models are panning out in these markets. And uh, this becomes important for a company like ours, where we are really building the education infrastructure across the ecosystem, right? So in terms of, let's say, early stage learning uh, to, to corporate training, to, to how a university is delivering some of their distance learning courses, our infra practically plugs in everywhere. And this is where this, uh, this geographic and market-specific understanding brings in a lot of value. And I mean, the, these investor insights can feed in directly to your uh, product, you know, as signals that, that help you uh, design and make your product better for the customers that you're serving. Just by the experience that some of these investors might have, you know, uh, like you mentioned, in different geographies and in different uh, kinds of edtech products that they have backed. I think I think it's great to get directional signals, right? Ultimately, you have to do the heavy lifting yourself. You have to figure out that product market fit. You have to continuously uh, iterate and execute. But but a lot of that learning that you might get after doing something or after failing, you can get that in advance uh, through through some of the learnings that they have seen across different startups globally, right? So that that input really helps, right? So uh, here, you know, if you had to give or dole out some, you know, pointers on fundraising for uh, founders that are now starting up, you know, what would those aspects be that you know, they should definitely optimize for or over-index on? I think just purely talking about early stage and early stage founders, I would say optimizing for uh, conviction and speed. These are two things that really help. Very frequently, I've seen the founders optimizing for, let's say, a few percentage points of ownership or a slightly higher amount of fundraise compared to uh, just pure play conviction that, that an investor is bringing on the table. An example of that is uh, it's very common that once you get a term sheet from a particular investor, very soon you will start getting all kinds of inbounds, all kinds of other offers uh, uh, with different deltas on, on the overall proposition. I think this is this is that time to, to really choose conviction over these relatively minor optimizations. Because ultimately, uh, at the early stage, you need that uh, uh, that confidence and you need some, someone really backing you up across all different fronts. And that comes with true conviction coming onto your board and your cap table. So I would, I would choose that any day and recommend any founder to just optimize for that in the early stages. No, absolutely. Fair point. And, uh, you know, while conviction is something which you should optimize for, it's not something easy to judge. 
so you know how how did you uh, judge the investors for conviction what was there some specific questions that you you know asked them i think this is something difficult to put a science behind but as a founder when you are having that that conversation even over a zoom call right the kind of questions that you are getting the kind of conversation that you are having uh, really gives you that sense if i if i take our earliest example when we spoke with uh, webo from better capital that was our first investor pitch in any form and uh, as we had that conversation just pitching for half an hour and then hearing back webo it it was pretty clear that this was a problem statement that he has thought about very significantly and he has spent a good amount of time on and uh, just that instant click in the approach was quite evident it's it's often uh, that in in such conversations you are completing each other's sentences uh, as you are having these discussions right so that level of uh, of synergy and conviction it's easy to gauge yeah no i think that's definitely helpful uh, and something that you know founders should definitely look for now especially when there's a capital rush if you have a good value proposition a good team and you're solving a you know a decent enough problem there is capital to be sought after it's about optimizing and finding the right investor to join you especially in the earliest journeys exactly right so if, if you are let's say doing a pre seed pitch you've launched your product 2 months ago and if you are debating the pre seed investor on whether the market is growing at a at a 20% year or year or is it growing with a 25% year on year that's that's when you know that that it's really not clicking the way it should click right uh, um, someone not getting the gist of of what you are trying to build absolutely yeah and you know for those investors who are able to be on your side and think about how you can grow this together i think that's something which i've also heard from some founders which helps them you know judge that conviction and see through that clarity that some investors have and they're literally on your side of the court and thinking about you know where this can go from here on so i think that's another conversation to you know uh, look for in those initial pitches correct 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 absolutely i think at the earliest stages in the investors you might be looking at some form of a co-founder in them right especially let's say at a pre-seed level when you are just starting you have been there for a month two month you want someone to to really build this in the trenches with you and that's really something to look out for when you are having these conversations yep yep mihir you know before we get into our uh, final segment the rapid fire uh, one question something that you know i like to uh, ask a lot of founders uh, once you embark on you know the entrepreneurial journey it it changes you as a person right there's a lot of learning that you have to go through there's a lot of you know responsibility that you're taking and you're all trying to move all, all the people in your team in one direction so how has being an entrepreneur you know influenced your personality you know over the years how has it changed you or influenced you as a person today i think uh, it has been humbling experience largely right that's that's the way i would want to put it just taking on this responsibility of being a founder and leading an organization it it humbles you to a to a large extent for me it has also been about being a lot more patient as an individual it really dawns upon you that building something uh, great and long lasting uh, takes time and effort right and that patience is something that that i have personally change in myself and come in a larger way as as i've been working on building teachment with the team for the last uh, one and a half year thanks for sharing that uh, meher you know with that uh, we'll uh, jump into our final segment uh, you know the rapid fire i'll uh, shoot some questions and hope to get your you know honest immediate thoughts on the same sure sure you forward to that all right uh, first question uh, one thing that you would like to change to improve the state of the indian startup ecosystem today 
support systems for startups is is one thing where i believe a lot more innovation can happen although we were fortunate to partner with the right kind of teams or firms to handle our legal finance accounting etc these take a lot of toll out of a founder when they are building uh, the company in the early stages this is something that i can really see a lot more can be done in terms of how efficiently these processes around compliances legal finance are managed and it becomes a much easier experience to just start out in the country no and absolutely i think you know with uh, the last one and a half two years with so many startups coming up and building products there's a lot more context which has now come in and probably will help the service side of of the business and people who are you know serving these startups so definitely that's something which you know should improve uh, as we as we go ahead next question if you had to give a ted talk what topic would you choose and why i'll probably speak about the power of human capability this is something that uh, that i hold quite close to me I firmly believe that um, anything is possible for an individual to accomplish if they really determine they can they can visualize that happening so probably something around that vcs and founders from the ecosystem that you admire and look up to in the indian context uh, we are now fortunate that there are multiple generations of founders uh, in some sense who are very very helpful in giving advice or giving you inputs whenever you reach out to them so overall i feel that the ecosystem is in a good state that way for example kunal bhel uh, he is someone who i really look up to in terms of just that grit and humility in his personality whenever you reach out to him he he is just super prompt to help candidly gives you advice from his own experience uh, he is able to think from your shoes on when he was in that stage i think there are there are founders like these who are really helping out people who are earlier in their journey of starting up and that is a great change uh, that i'm seeing in the in the ecosystem any any specific vcs or investors that you want to call out i think i think we are lucky that uh, uh, all the investors that we are working with they have uh, they have been really kind and supportive to us just to just to give examples i think uh, we need that learn capital always there to help you with uh, with company building a really deep thought partner as you are as you are doing a lot of zero to one uh, and then scaling uh, with the organization similarly i think uh, we spoke about webho from better capital i think uh, better capital is is one investor that is having a significant impact on how early stage investment happens in india uh, bringing about this concept of uh, better capital pre seed and really helping founders execute uh, at day zero so yeah i think net net uh, very fortunate to work with investors who are who are so supportive and feel quite quite lucky to be in that space Awesome, Meer. Uh, this has been, you know, a great conversation. You know, any last thoughts uh, that you want to leave all current and aspiring founders that are listening to you through the podcast? Nothing specific, but but would just tell everyone to be super super bullish about their vision of what they are trying to create, and uh, and just keep on executing. The important aspect here is to keep the momentum and keep on running, and not just uh, coming to a standstill and stopping at any point. No, absolutely. That's valuable, Mihir. You know, appreciate you being on the podcast and sharing all your thoughts, your learnings, and yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll have you back on the show sometime soon again. So, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks a lot, Dikje, for having me on the show. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the VC Bruno podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please let our guests know about it. Share your thoughts on social media and let them know what were your key takeaways. We would truly appreciate if you could subscribe to our podcast on the podcast platform of your choice 
and leave us a review on Apple iTunes. This will help others discover the podcast. To get insights and to learn more about startups and venture capital, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We will love to hear from you there. You can find all episodes together on our website, thevcpreneur.com. We will be back again next week with another VC Preneur that is making a dent in the venture universe. Until then, take care and keep shining.